There's a story, is it true? The Kiwi has a brother. The Aussies call him Emu. He runs around all Uluru. They've been mates, that wingless pair, the ones up here and ones down there. A pair of Anzacs stuck like glue, the Kiwi and the Emu. Hello and welcome to the Kiwi and the Emu, a podcast exploring the experience of blind and vision impaired Australasians living through the corona experience. Two countries, two different approaches with similar outcomes, the Kiwi and the Emu. Welcome to episode 5, being recorded on May 19th, 2020. And since last episode, what's happened on your side of the ditch, Carolyn? We've been enjoying our first week in Level 2, where you can go shopping at the mall, go to the cinema, go to a restaurant, even get your hair cut. Wow. And the children went back to school. Yep. We have also had several days running with no new cases reported. And finally, on Thursday, the bars get to open up. Fantastic. We have to wait a few more weeks here in Victoria for that. Many parts of Australia have already started with a maximum total of 10 people, which is a bit interesting in the respect that there's a lot of big places that can hold two or three hundred people to have a place open like that for only 10 is crazy however it's crazy it is you guys have got the right idea haven't you well yes because you can go to a restaurant and you can have a group of 10 people book so for example if you've got a large family or a large group of friends you can go out with nine of your friends or nine of your family members to a restaurant and as long as everyone else in the restaurant is spaced out you could have as many as a hundred people in that restaurant sitting down to a meal. Fantastic. We, We do have the 10 restriction for in our own homes. Also ironically it seems a bit strange where you can have up to 50 people allowed at a funeral you can only have 10 people in a church. And who's this chap over there who had church on Sunday? Ah, yes, Brian Tamaki. He is a real character and he's one of these people who you either really like or you loathe. He is a self-professed bishop at a Pentecostal church here in New Zealand known as the Destiny Church. He was pretty annoyed about the fact that they could only have a maximum of 10 people at a church service. So Brian Tamaki, in his unique way, decided he was going to have his church service come hell or high water. So what he did was he had nine people, including himself, inside the church, and the rest of his congregation just drove up and sat in their cars and had church that way. So it was drive-in church. Would you like communion with that? (laughs) (laughs) That's naughty. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the Northern Territory, everything is pretty much open for business. The people have enjoyed a beautiful sunset over Darwin Harbour on Friday night because that's when their bars and restaurants opened. Well, my guide dog even burst her bubble. She had a play date on Saturday night. Woohoo! And dogs don't even get coronavirus. (laughs) There you go. Who have we got on today, Carolyn? We're interviewing a couple today. They're good friends and flatmates. Nikki and Arfi live in the city of Bunbury in Western Australia. Not a place that you'd often hear that much about. Most people, if you talk about Western Australia, they would refer to Perth. Well, Bunbury is south of Perth, and we're going to find out how the situation in Western Australia impacted on Nikki and Afi and their daily activities. And as we have two people this week, we don't have the corona chair. Instead, we have the corona couch. So please make welcome Nikki and Afi to the corona couch. Nikki and Afi, I'd like to ask what life was like before we had all the restrictions. Yeah, what life was like? Well, ticked along pretty nicely. There was deliveries for shopping. The, you know, we were, what when we did get parcels, they were coming at, you know, fairly, you know, on time. And yeah, you know, we could go places. We could go see our friends in Perth or uh, yeah, just wherever. Have our friend from Esperance come and see us. We both don't work 
um, we're, we're in the sort of the majority of blind people who don't work. So we have other activities to keep us occupied, whether it be technology, exercise, you know, just daily life in general. So, you know. And so once the restrictions happen, because as I understand it, Western Australia had some of the most severe restrictions in the country. Uh, how did that impact on you? Really, the main thing that happened was we went into region lockdowns. So essentially, we couldn't leave our area, which was around, you know, an hour, hour and a half sort of radius from here, uh, the southwest. So we could go and see my brother. Um, who's in Harvey and my sister-in-law but we could not visit my parents for instance who live in Albany which is right on the south coast of Western Australia about a six-hour travel away from us right by bus or, or you know probably about three four hundred k from us so we couldn't even go that far we could probably go maybe a hundred k because from every now and again, you area. yeah, every now and again, both of you go to Perth, don't you, for yep. trips we to the do. Apple Store and, we and to see friends? We couldn't even go there, so we we couldn't go to see our friends in Perth, and we couldn't go to the Apple Store, you know, the churches <laughs> as, as they call <laughs> we it. We all affectionately call it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so we were stuck in our region, so we were allowed to be in our city where we live, Bunbury, which has got a population of about sixty-seven thousand. And I can say, you know, and, and when we get to the next part, thank God we were here. Thank God we were here because Arfie will tell you about the next bit of it that started to affect us. And how did, and how did that affect you, the next bit? We, the main thing that affected us was that shopping could not be delivered. There was about a two, three-week window uh, and we were with Coles. We prefer Coles ourselves. And... For those two or three weeks, we literally had to go into the supermarket and get our shopping done. And uh, we were at least able to take advantage of the hour that they'd set aside the community Yeah, they'd hour. set aside an hour for um, vulnerability people like us and elderly um, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday for a few weeks. And thank God we had that. And also thank God we had staff that actually understood what we were going through because we walked in and said, um, we can't do our normal online deliveries and where people have been using this system for the three years that we've lived in this city, we've been using your delivery system every single week without fail. Mm. And we suddenly can't use it. Yeah. Because they've gone and shut down the delivery system around the whole country. Yeah. So you got assistance every time you went into the supermarket? Yes. Both of you? Yes. Yep. And that was a risk. That was a real risk because with this virus running around, we had to take cabs because we literally had no choice. We had to do our weekly shopping. It was the only way we could get it done. Wow. Yeah. Too much to carry home. And, yeah. and so there was no preferential for delivery? Not at that point. They made the huge mistake of shutting down the whole delivery system because I think in Coles just panicked because there was too much panic buying going on. People were going into shopping centres, buying up all the stuff, and then attacking the online system on top of it. Mm, panic yes, buying. So they, they weren't being very considerate of people who really rely on this, like we rely on it all the time without even thinking about it. The same happened here too. Um, yeah. You could pretty much guarantee that that's what, what was happening yeah. So with with the taxi travel, were there any dramas with that, or was it okay? It was okay. Um, cabbies um, just got us to sit in the back for obvious reasons, for physical distancing reasons. I hate the whole social distancing thing. I call it physical distancing. Agreed. Because you're not socially distancing. <laughs> uh -huh. And our Coles person, who was very concerned about us, handed us all these wipes to wipe down the cab one morning. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we, we were looked after, but thank God we were here because I've heard horror stories of blind people being in capital cities and not being able to get assistance. Uh, I have an addendum to that story. So around the time that prior, priority assistance did start to come through, I was a bit worried that I wouldn't be allowed to have it just because I think the systems they were using were basically based on the NDIS or my age uh, care. But, of course, I can't access those because I'm not on a protected mm. visa. Yeah. So 
right. actually rang up Coles and said, look, uh, what what is needed? Because at that point we did not know. Uh, it was a few days before and I was ringing ahead. But I think my ringing and saying, look, I'm totally blind. I would like access actually got me in because I happened to log into Coles a few days later and it said, welcome to priority service. I'm like, oh, I actually got in. Wow. I didn't yeah, think that would work. Someone obviously was paying attention in our local Coles and got him through the Well, system. I'm not even sure it was local Coles. I think it was a combo of that maybe and just the call center, like in wherever. Well, it could have also been because you're such a regular shopper, they noticed and yeah, I, I do. I do feel that sometimes that does give you an advantage and I've sort of come across that too here with places that I've gone to and it's like even turning up on a regular basis at the moment visiting family in hospital it's almost mm. the security guard now knows me by sight I don't nice. yeah. have to go through some of the rigmarole I, you possibly did have that advantage yep. so that was good it was also a bit frightening for me for those few weeks that we were without our delivery because I've just been through major surgery. I had bariatric surgery in February, not knowing that we were going to have corona. Like it was barely mentioned at the time. When when I went in for this surgery, it was basically, oh, something in China. It will never reach here, mm. you yeah. know. And so I had my elective surgery. And just when everything went to hell in a handbasket, I was just about to go on to solid food again. Mm. So this whole process for people who don't know, bariatric surgery helps you lose weight and you end up eating very small, very small portions of food afterwards. Even up to a year afterwards, you can only eat a cup of food at a time. So you can imagine, I don't have access to things like Menulog, Uber Eats, all that sort of stuff, because your average food is, I'd probably only eat a quarter mm. if I'm lucky. So I was caught in a situation where dietary requirements were a must. I would either have to get in some sort of help, whether it be family and friends, or something would have to occur so I could survive, you know. And that was a bit scary for those few weeks that we didn't have our delivery, really frightening stuff because I can't just eat a packet of noodles anymore like I used to 12 months ago. No, I actually have to have physical fresh food. So you also had, I guess, the, the preparation in that. So you had to have the right kind of food to do yes. the prep was necessary yep. to get the texture that you could digest at the time. Yep. Lots of fresh fruit and veggies. They still yeah. exist in my life, of course, even now. But, but at that point, I was coming off things like soup and just smoothies to get all your fresh fruit and veg in. So yeah. I couldn't ignore that for a fortnight like some people could. I couldn't stock up on, you know, your pastas and your um, noodles and all that sort of stuff. I would, I, at that point, I couldn't even think of eating that yet. So, yeah, yeah it was a bit of a tough time. I guess yeah. it would be. And... Because Western Australia is such a large state, for people who might be listening internationally, um, it takes up one third of our continent here in Australia. That that whole well, technically, state according to a song by um, the same guy who does the Kiwi and the Emu, it takes up nearly half the country. Mm, John Williamson, <laughs> and yeah. to give to give people an idea out there, some parts of Australia it takes. It's longer to fly from one side of Australia to over to Western Australia than it does to fly from, say, Western Australia to New Zealand. Yeah, it does. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or it takes, if for example, or flying to Singapore. Um, Singapore is actually closer to Perth than Sydney is. Yep. Now, you're wow. a few hundred kilometres south of Perth, is that right? Um, 175, if you want the exact. Yep. That's so a regional town. <laughs> so 175 from the business district of Perth. Yeah. Yep, central business district. Yeah, and, and, and yep. but you're up in Perth in what two hours on the train when things are running normally. Yes, yep. when things are running normally. Yeah. Yep. Now these restrictions for the the various places in Western Australia, I believe they actually had something. They divided the state into about nine regions. Is that correct? And could you tell us sort nine of why? regions? And it is nine regions in in reality. Well, it's actually eight in reality, but the ninth. Hang on, let me think about this. So 
it's technically 10, I think, but not, it was nine in the end because they made the Peel region and part of Perth because it's so close to it. So mm. that became one region. So the very northern tip of Perth was added on, even though it's not normally. But yes, nine different regions. Um, we're only one region. And, you know, so Perth was separated from the southwest. Normally, people from overseas try and bung us in with Perth. They think that. Bunbury and Bridgetown and all that's part of it's not <laughs> it's it's fine. No. we have to make it very, very clear it's its own city and its own towns and everything it's it's very you know. different I've been there yeah yeah <laughs> it is it's very different yeah. and the closure of the state border um, a few states have closed their borders and there's a very good reason for wanting to keep people I guess, restricted to certain areas that you told me about earlier when we were speaking, Nikki. Do you want to go into that for, for us? Yeah, well, part of the reason WA closed its border and a lot of the eastern states media don't get this is that we actually have some very vulnerable people out there in the regions right up north and also right, you know, in the goldfields area because mining towns, a lot of Indigenous communities, right, and those Indigenous communities don't know social distancing. They've never been, they, they have a culture all of their own and they really don't like being told by the government what to do and they, they really don't understand. So the easiest way to get around that is to close everything and make sure people can't get near them because they're so vulnerable. If they got it, they'd be in deep trouble. Yeah, they often um, don't have the... Um... The ability to fight off the normal bugs that no, they the, don't. You know, the rest of Australia gets much less something new like um, COVID nineteen. Exactly. We we had a, a similar thing here, but it was actually the Maori community themselves in some areas, in particular up north and in the central North Island, because they had been particularly vulnerable to the Spanish flu epidemic and those sorts of things and other diseases when. Uh, so as Pākehā arrived, they wanted to ensure that they isolated their community. So they established, in conjunction with police, roadblocks so they yeah. could police who actually came in and out of those areas. Well, they've done the same here, really. Um, and it's still going in places like the Kimberley and the Goldfields and places like Kalgoorlie where it's very rough <coughs> sort of mm. lifestyle in the sense of people wouldn't know the first thing about having to social distance and trying to explain it to them. That's harder than actually blocking them off. It really mm. is for mm. their own safety, you know? Yeah. So it kind of makes WA a very unique in that way to a larger portion of Australia. Well, it does. And even Tasmania has been under the same sort of effect. We've taken advantage of our isolation, so to speak. Mm. Perth is one of the, is the, probably the most isolated capital city in the world and we're using it to our advantage mm. we really are yeah. like yeah i lived in perth for a short time which is where i first met you nikki and yeah you sort of feel it over there in western australia they they don't like what goes on in the eastern states because they feel that they, they're not as understood you know that they no it's it's, it's like the yeah. eastern states just don't get us and uh it is very different in Perth. I enjoyed my time in Perth, I have to admit, and, and um, I heard all sorts of stories about not being accepted unless you've lived there for 20 years. But I, I was accepted into the local blind community with um, with quite a lot of um, oh, warmth, actually, to be honest. And um, oh, I just had a ball. I, I still miss Perth even to this day. But at the same time, you do feel a little bit isolated from your home base, which is, for me, on the east coast of Australia. See, we're so used to it. We live here. Mm. This is, you know, this is where I was. I was born in a town three hours from here. Mm. So I've lived here my whole life pretty much. I lived briefly in Cairns for a year and I've lived, you know, in the southwest and this region most of my life. So I don't feel the isolation. In fact, when I come over to the eastern states, I feel like it's too damn crowded. <laughs> <laughs> So was there anything that um, either of you did during the lockdown period that you didn't think you would end up doing So, um, and, or socialising perhaps in a different way? Did you use a lot of online resources to keep in touch with family and friends and that sort um, of thing? We use Zoom, we use FaceTime. Like 
that part of our lives didn't really change. But you go on after you. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, that you know the. Uh, the way we socialised really didn't change that much because a lot of it we'd been doing online to start with, so that was fine. Yeah. But uh, for me personally, um, it did motivate me uh, to do something I had thought about doing for a long while now, and that was to get my own set of um, hair clippers so I could independently... <laughs> your own self a haircut. Yeah, so I could independently yeah. cut my hair. <laughs> and it had been something I'd been thinking of doing for quite a while because I'm you know, my hair, my haircut mm. is very simple. I just get a, I just do a straight, you know, number one all round. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like I wanted anything fancy. So yeah, I actually got myself a pair of hair clippers and it came with, you know, all the trimmings and it's quite so has, neat. Mm. So has Nikki let you experiment on her? No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I've got the wrong shaped head for that sort of thing. <laughs> I just couldn't resist that. That was not absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Once the um, restrictions and that lifted a bit, what was the first thing you decided you wanted to do or what was the first thing you did do? Um, well, the first thing mm. that we've decided to do and we haven't done it yet is that we want to go up to Perth and we want to see our friend up there because, um, yeah, we haven't obviously seen her since when? January? January, February. Yep. But we also want to go and see the Sonos move. Um, people go on about... Um, Taryn, I think it was Taryn that said in the podcast, blind people being able to touch things. Well, yes. this new speaker from Sonos, well, it's not quite new, but it's new to us. No. We actually want to go into the Sonos shop, which is the only one in the whole of the country, and touch this thing and get up close and personal with it before we actually buy one or two, possibly two. One each. Yep. So, yeah, it's a Bluetooth speaker, one each. And so we want to actually go to Perth and do that. That's the first major thing that we want to do. That's possibly different. go to the because I so can't go, go to... into any cafes or anything at the moment. You know, not being able to. We maybe we possibly want to go so to the good. Apple Store, but uh, with what I've heard, they're not really allowing people to just browse at the moment because of social distancing. I'd assume. Yeah, yeah. they they want people to oh. only go in there if they're buying things, which is a slightly frustrating. Yeah, but the whole oh. ethos of Apple stores are for people to go in them and browse and look and learn. Uh, and look and rather than, learn, yeah. You know, well, not rather than, but as well as buying because they know that that sort of philosophy eventually leads to good sales. So it's an We had to do Apple. something a bit different during lockdown as well. Um, we had to try and guess my winter gear for this year and it's really hard because on the phone i'm saying to my mum i'm down to this weight all right you should be able to fit into a size blah blah she sends me that size and it's too big Mm. and so we've been having to send parcels of clothing backwards and forwards from albany to here trying to work out what size i technically was and thank god there were other people we could donate it to that it didn't fit me but it's been a bit of a nightmare logistically mm. normally she'd be able to come up and we could go clothes shopping and it wouldn't be a major problem but yeah trying to do some major guesswork wasn't fun mm. <laughs> sounds sounds like you need a, a big clothing shop expedition once everything oh. eases up <laughs> well well the thing is they they've eased up slightly since yesterday we saw my parents for the first time yesterday without having to have other reasons for coming yeah um, because they came to get their new car oh, how cool is that? <laughs> and drive it home. On, um, on the on the and they were allowed to. Um, and that's really good because on the topic of seeing your parents, um, I know you have a lot to do with them. Did you feel sort of a little bit vulnerable in the respect that you couldn't because they were in a different region of Western Australia for a number of weeks? If it had gone on for long periods of time, I would have, but I just dealt with it by thinking this is probably only going to be a couple of months at most. We'll get through it somehow, even if we have to make do with what we've got here, right? We even toyed with, for about two minutes on the phone, the idea of us going down there. And mum's like, yeah, I can feed you properly. Yeah, I can, you know, make your diet work properly for you. But you'd be bored stiff within five minutes because you haven't got the internet, you haven't got your Sonos equipment, you haven't got your computers with you. You know, you'd be That's an interesting... and you'd be dying to get out and do exercise and stuff, which you can't do easily here. 
That brings to mind something that you brought up on our group several weeks ago where you said something about your mother get, now gets why with all these people doing Zoom meetings and you know meeting in the cloud and all that sort of stuff, why we vision impaired or blindies people and why we vision impaired and blind people do what we do so much on the computer and, yeah. and talk to our friends. Um, my mum now gets why us blind people are reluctant to do the whole face-to-face thing a lot now because we actually are so used to doing what we do meeting online or whatever that the face-to-face stuff only happens when we're all all, you know can be in the same place a lot of us live all in very different places from all around the world yes so you know Mm. some of our friends are not even in this country that's correct and we talk to them every week you know just as you would if they were just around the corner just as yeah just around the corner from us so our whole line of that has existed like that and it's taken a lockdown for my mum to finally understand why we do things with the way we do them Hmm. about the isolation aspect arthi i wanted to see how you felt about it all because you've got friends in queensland and obviously family oh no you've got family in queensland and family of course back in new zealand both places you can't go to at the moment yeah um i'm not too worried again like nikki i'm not too worried at the moment because i can easily contact them you know on the phone on facebook messenger whatsapp any of those forms are still available so it's you know at for now it's not a huge issue um and yeah you know i've got family in new uh, i've actually got family in new south wales too so that we're kind of spread all over the place (laughs) and yeah friends but yeah no i've certainly got friends all over the place so i mean that part isn't too worrying now what will be interesting is how long will it take for international travel to start coming back with some of these states that have got their borders closed, the joke is here in Victoria and New South Wales that we could be possibly going to Auckland before we can go to Brisbane yes. or Perth. Mm. That, that might be true, but, but the thing is, is that while our case numbers are low, right, I certainly don't want them opening it up too soon because, I mean, I, what springs to mind for me and this is just my own sense of what's going on, is in Melbourne, you guys have got those young people who were at Macca's and got corona. And what if they weren't thinking clearly and they came over here and our border was unlocked and suddenly we've got a whole problem Mm. because they've bumped into our Indigenous people, for instance. That's always going to be the issue with this whole thing until there's a um, a vaccine. Until there's a vaccine. They're going to have to run the risk. But could they not close off... Could they not just close off the communities but leave the state border open because there's well, quite a lot I, in Perth to do? Yeah, um, no, no, I, I, I get your point. The thing I think they're a little bit worried about at the moment still over here at least is we've got Indigenous people running around the southwest. Mm. Now, whether they would want to stay put somewhere, yeah. I don't know, you know. I guess it gives people actually an opportunity to basically explore their own backyard. It does. Because a lot, it, it's amazing the number of people that it, that have travelled overseas, but they've never really looked around their own backyards, mm. for example. And um, I guess now we have got that opportunity, and maybe that's a way to help eat the economies recover is for people to actually take their holidays locally for a change. Yeah, I mean, there, there, I know of people in the southwest who've never been out of their region, never been to Albany, for instance. It's mm-hmm. shocking. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, when you, <laughs> you think know? about it? Uh, this time yeah. last year, I was tripping up and back always to Queensland. Now, we can't. And it's amazing yeah. the sort of um, restrictions we have. Some people have travelled, uh, others have not. So, See, for me, I don't quite get Queensland's view on it. I get ours. Mm, ours makes some very logical different. sense, mm. like the Northern Territory, right? And funnily enough, the Northern Territory has the lowest cases in the whole country because they reacted very quickly. But I don't quite get Queensland's point of view because I don't think they have as many as we do. They don't, and there's always a division in Queensland between the rural and outback areas versus what we call the southeast corner, which is, you know, uh, the Gold Coast, Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast, where the big cities are, where the life is, where the Mm. nightlife, the action is. Um, Go outside those areas and Queensland vastly changes. And they've been saying, why should we have to have so many restrictions when we haven't even seen a case in our, you know, outback town at the same time? 
Um, there are still a few Aboriginal communities. I think they've been able to coerce the government into allowing them to have more people in their bars. I think it's something like 50 people as opposed to 10 or something well, we're like allowed that. 20 yeah you're allowing 20 moment. here in victoria yes. we still have to wait another 10 days or so 13 days i think mm. it is um but uh, various states and various terrains mean that you get sort of different rules depending on where you are yeah no in our main city areas we're allowed 20 um the very vulnerable regions i.e the kimberley um they're going to stay in lockdown for a bit longer so that makes sense mm. why the state border is closed still Mm, I can't really give you an answer on that one, but hey. I know here they've talked about regionally because there are some areas of the country regionally that don't have any cases and they're saying, why can't you let us open more freely than, say, others? But I think they've just decided to take, a because of our size and overall picture, no, this is going to happen for everywhere. I mean, you, you guys... guys you guys went through really tough restrictions. We looked at you and went, oh, God, we're going through nothing, right? <laughs> we couldn't believe it when we saw New Zealand lose even your um, cafe deliveries. We didn't lose that. Not, we no. lost our region borders, but we didn't lose our cafes completely. We, well, it, it was like the joke um, between us and Australia when it happened. It was like we got locked down and we lost everything, including Uber Eats. And Australia going, mm. yeah, but we, we still got Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We but, still got and, menu log. And huh. ours happened so very quickly. It was like it was announced late on a Monday and then sort of midnight on the Wednesday, boom, we were in lockdown. Yeah. yeah I, I couldn't believe it how quick it happened to you guys. Really, compared to us, oh. I thought we were the lucky ones. Yeah, I know. It was amazing how quick, <laughs> just watching it all happen. You know, one weekend they were saying we're going to close our international border and get people to self-isolate for two weeks. Uh, then a week or so after that, this all happened. And it happened so quickly. Even even for us here in Australia, I thought it was so quick. From that See, Sunday a lot of night our cases here was, in WA were actually the cruise ships. Yes. You, that yeah, really in, shouldn't have stopped here. Mm, you and, you you know? and Fremantle in, um, in WA and yeah. Sydney in New South Wales had this problem with cruise ships yeah. docking and people came off them. Yep. And, and I guess that shows because a lot of our cases too were from people coming in from overseas. Mm. Um, and and that was the main cause of a lot of our cases. The only one ones that differed was we sadly had a large rest home in the South Island that it went through, and that was very sad, a bit similar to what is happening in one in New South Wales. That's yeah, and the, there's one in Melbourne as well, isn't there, yeah. that's just been... Today being the yeah. 19th of May, a Tuesday, it was just announced this morning on the Neil Mitchell program on 3RW that there yeah. were two. Well, news broke this morning, but people knew about it yesterday, and there's been a bit of a culture of covering that sort of stuff up here in Victoria, which doesn't sit comfortably with me. It's like the, no. the Meatworks a week or so ago. Uh, that had been bubbling along for several weeks before that story broke. Yeah, see, we, we've been re relatively lucky over here. The ones that have had, had happened outside Perth have all been able to be traced back through, even if they happened in our regions. They've all been either close contacts of someone who came off a ship or who came back into the country. It was all very much linked here in WA, so... Yes. Now, I know, I know, Arfi, you've been recently involved in playing blind cricket. So did the, the so-called restrictions and that chop the blind cricket season short? No, by the time the restrictions happened, we had, we'd finished. So I think we... Oh, well, that was no. very, that was very timely. It was well-timed. <laughs> it was, yes. <laughs> I think there may have possibly been one in the game, but even then I think it was literally the restrictions came maybe a week after that game, so no, it wasn't really an issue. But yes, if it had happened just yeah a month earlier, yeah, that could have been a problem because most yes. of our cricket team is Perth based. Oh, of, of course, course so you'd have to make the you'd you'd have to make the journey. Yep. That's, yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's only me and another guy uh, down in Bustleton that, you know, are in our this region. So it would have we would have basically had to stay out of it. Yeah. And oh, I like they would have had to have stayed here. Yeah, I like Bustleton, where I could easily camp on the bench <laughs> there. <laughs> um, going back to the effects of lockdown, I think uh, one effect we can safely say 
uh, of it is that we've never had so many parcels come to our place before. Yeah, we've this been, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been ordering so much crap. But the problem is with all that is the huge delays. I don't know whether you've been suffering it in New Zealand, Carolyn, but yes, here, yes, yes, poor Australia have. Post is overwhelmed. New Zealand Post have, has described it as being busier than yes. Christmas. Well, that's how they've been describing it here. And we've had, sometimes we've had things come from Melbourne that have taken three weeks to get here when it normally only takes a week to get across the Nullarbor. I guess yeah. if you're looking for a job, a courier has yeah. a good job to have at the moment. There's plenty of Tell work. Tell you what, I wouldn't want to be doing, plenty of I wouldn't work. want to be an engineer national career right now that wouldn't be going well <laughs> no i think the but, but also I guess this has uh, different rules i was going to say i guess the scary thing though is after ordering all these parcels it's the credit card though when it comes in <laughs> uh, that at least we don't have to worry about we just use debit cards but yes. no we're very good uh, okay. we use debit cards if the money's not there we don't buy it <laughs> At least yeah. that's my rule. So. Oh, that's really. But we've also had parts that we've needed to replace very suddenly, like our Roomba vacuum cleaner needed a part replacing right in the middle of lockdown. Oh, great! So what did you do? And it was oh, out of stock. Great. Well, I ordered a green screen from Brisbane, um, from somewhere in Queensland. I think it's Brisbane for my Zoom meetings and stuff. And I ordered that just before Anzac Day. I hope I'll get it this week, which is wow. Well, almost so a month we almost after literally have taken. Wow, a month. that's just as bad as us. Wow. Whereas, yeah. oddly enough, we got some essential oils that Callie ordered for me not so long ago. She ordered them on a Thursday night, and I got them on the Sunday, <laughs> like yeah. three days later. Sunday on a Sunday. We've yep. actually learned. We've actually learned to send things express now to try and get. Now that's interesting, Elise. Well, See, I've been hearing this in the eastern states. They've had posties delivering over the weekend, no matter yes. what. The weekend. We don't get such luxury. It's like at Christmas time. I got these text messages while I was lying in bed one morning, Sunday morning, and it's like this has to be a mistake. It's Sunday, not Monday. Sure enough, I got another one about. Oh, mid-morning saying your parcel is almost here and the guy showed up about midday. Yeah. Wow. Wow, delivery yeah. on a Sunday. That yep. is never heard of here, ever. And our local post office has even stopped opening on the Saturday, which never used to happen either. So I think we've gone the opposite way. We've all, I've always, I found personally too uh, quite frustrating because when we went into lockdown, they were saying that they were prioritising essential packages. So mm. if it was if it was food items, if it was um, items from the chemist, etc., and I ordered some items from Chemist Warehouse, and they were classified as essential items. And the same day, I ordered a um, mini USB hard drive um, to yep. store things on, and that arrived within two days. My essential items from the Chemist Warehouse took three weeks. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. I've had my protein powder Not. for my bariatrics mm. take two, three weeks to get here. And, you know, I've even had to rush out and get an emergency tin of it. Thank God I know somewhere local I can just go and do that. It costs mm. a bit more than the posted version, but we sometimes had to do that because that is essential because after bariatric surgery, you have to take a lot more vitamins and minerals mm. to get your vitamin mineral daily intake in every day. You can't just do it by food alone anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much, both of you. Um, it's yep. been fantastic hearing the stories and also living in a regional part of a state that's so large and that's yes. a different perspective and also the different ways that your state uh, reacted compared to the rest of Australia. Yes, so it's quite interesting. Yeah, no, that. we had some of the toughest um, stuff, but funnily enough, it only affected us in a national way, which was very mm. odd. Arthur Parika, Nikki Muir, thanks for your time. No problem. No problem. Oh, that was interesting. Hey, Carolyn, West Australians. Very interesting. I thought so. Well, just before you say about next week, I still want to check with Arthie something. Can I check with Arthie something? Are they still on the yeah. line? Yeah. Uh, Australia to West Australia. Come in, West Australia. Yes. Hello. 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 Yes. You, like, you actually like playing with the radio, which is why I thought of this. You often, you, yeah. you and I were playing last year in Queensland with an app on our iPhones That's and right. iPads called Radio Guide. 
which really sort of sorted you out as to which radio stations were near you, but you just listened far and wide on anything that can pick up radio, be it an internet device or a standard radio. And oh, I was wondering yeah. if you heard anything interesting on all these different radio stations about how corona is being handled by various governments, people, communities, etc. No, um, I actually haven't had the radio out a lot. And um, the problem with here is that I would love to DX on shortwave, but there's there's too much city around. Even, Even here, there's too much city now. Mm. Even oh. here, yeah. Um, um, but, but like, okay, for instance, in this house, there's way too much. There's, you know, Wi-Fi, there's all my synths downstairs, there's everything that of that. And even if you go outside, you know, you've got all the industrial things still running and that puts out a lot of interference on shortwave, sadly. Mm. From what I can tell, even if I do get shortwave, a lot of it is not Chinese. Yeah. Or bad words at the moment. <laughs> I know. No, but there is a lot. Um, and I think what's happening is the Chinese, they came and swooped and then took our Radio Australia frequencies. So I think that's uh, what I'm hearing. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. The other thing too is um, for anything local, we have to listen to our local ABC. That's how we knew that stuff was going on. Because if we didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd completely miss out on our ABC own ABC have a charter for <laughs> this sort of emergency stuff here in Australia and, you know, bushfires, floods. All that sort of thing. So, and, mm. and they always say, listen to your local ABC, particularly for your regional. Yeah, we have to. It's just part of our day. We turn on the local ABC early in the morning to make sure we haven't missed anything. Because a lot um, of the major apps like Tune and Radio and um, iHeartRadio and that push you towards Perth. And it's like, they uh, do. WA's bigger than that. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. So with um yeah. with Radio Guide it is good because they will give you access to all the locals. Oh, hello, people. See, it's people yeah. outside. Probably exercising or doing recreation. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think they've exactly just stopped right. talking. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, no. So um, actual radio itself, no, not a lot. But yeah, it's certainly interesting. And I keep a close eye on Twitter as well and all the news sources and, you know, The other thing too that I can recommend for people, if you do want to listen to radio and get a good perspective of how things are happening right around the world, tune into the BBC World Service. I oh, agree. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, it's an mm. excellent service, yeah. both on TV and radio. Mm. I've found it really interesting listening to them because we haven't had a lot of news about what's happening on the African continent. No. And they have been talking about it. And it's been quite fascinating too. Yes, because they've got their own sets of problems. The poor buggers over there. That's right. So, okay, yeah. we we mentioned it before. So, what do you think is going to happen with China? Because we now seem to have this situation. This is how I'm understanding it. We've got a situation. We've got this war of words now happening. Uh, you know, between different countries in China. And I heard just last night that apparently. Uh, tariffs have been slapped on the barley exporters Indeed, here. they have an so, 80% yes. tariff, mm -hmm. which will pretty much decimate that industry, sadly. But it's a $1.5 billion industry for Australia. But at the moment, Australia is losing $4 billion a week with a shutdown. Ooh. So when you stack that up, this is a week. And we've been in, you know, sort of shutdown-y, lockdown-y type things for several weeks now. It's, it's... So I think with Australia... Um, it's more. It's going to be more than a war of words because it, Australia is now one of 100 countries that put this thing yeah, forward. Uh, yeah. The first to jump on board, other than Australia, was the European Union itself. Uh, you're talking countries. Yeah, we're there uh, too. New Zealand's in it now. They're, they're all there. Um, I haven't seen the US mentioned, but we're talking. We're talking some pretty big countries. Germany, oh, and, and of course, I was very Italy. relieved to see that we've got backup. Yeah, I was I relieved. I really am relieved to see Indeed. we've got backup because I had a, if we had so we yeah. I agree. This morning I was talking to a group and I said, "Oh, I, I think we're about to head for an economic war with China," and they were like, uh, "Did you just say world war?" I'm like, "No, no, no, not." Not yet, hopefully. Well, not yet. We, not we don't want the world war. occurs after these no. sort of things, but I, I think well, with China... Because we've, we've upset them because we were pro-Taiwan um, um, yeah. coming mm. in as yes. a member of the World Health yes. Organization. Organization. And, and of course, um, China does, doesn't see Taiwan as a separate entity. It's part of them. Mm. And um, mm. us, by doing that, has upset the apple cart as mm. well. I think it's going to be interesting because a lot of the food supply for China comes from places like us and Australia and, you know, other countries around the world. And they give us a lot of the other sort of hard goods rather than food and stuff. Mm. So 
is it going to come to a point, though, where China's going to have to buckle because they're hungry? Possibly. Mm. Are they going to be able to feed themselves? The other thing that I found really different, Carolyn, and I remember this clearly, I remember being in Germany on the other side of the world, standing in the supermarket with loads of Germans speaking German around me. And I Mm. remember my ex-mother-in-law saying to me, oh, look, there's apples here. I'm like, yeah. She said, they're from New Zealand. (laughs) They're from your part of the world. (laughs) And they were fresh. They'd obviously been flowing very quickly from your, New Zealand, you know, there, from somewhere yeah. in New Zealand. Oh, there's, a, there. there's a lot of New Zealand produce in European supermarkets, mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. And I think when it comes to China, they they also control a lot of the world's pharmaceuticals. And this will probably get countries like Australia, New Zealand, United States, Britain, America, uh, Britain, Germany, Italy, France, to rethink their dependency on one country, on, on that one country. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, I worry about Apple and how yes. that's going to affect all the phone stuff. And yeah, We, we may just, just have to just bite the bullet for a while like some of our consumer is, electronics is will be dearer. See, well, is yeah. this going to see the rise because India is becoming very industrialised and becoming mm. quite an economic powerhouse? Is this going to see the rise of India? Over India is a yeah, China. Uh, overtaking China. Yeah. And see, oh, the thing is, a lot of Indians come here. Yep. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Really a lot of Chinese be do because we sell education to the Chinese. We sell education to yeah. the Indians. Yeah. Now, the difference between India and China is quite fundamental. One's a democracy, one isn't. No, I definitely think the overall, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to see a shift in powers. Mm. We are definitely going to see a, I wouldn't say a reset, but we're certainly going to see a big shift. Indeed. Mm. And I also think we are going, we are going to head for another 30s, you know, Great Depression mm. style. We're almost there now, it's, which yep. is really it's some of the figures you see coming out, you know, like our, our economy, a $4 billion a week drain. Uh, lots of people already on our various social security systems, uh, you know, wins in New, in New Zealand and, and Central Mum was saying, though, there's weird parts of the economy, Mum was saying yesterday, but there's weird parts of the economy that are thriving, i.e. things like bunnings. Yes. I think you're going to see a reset of jobs and different yeah. style of jobs that perhaps were not available before lockdown. But are ever, see, for example, over here, um, because we're not getting the overseas people coming in that used to do all the the farm work, fruit picking and and all that sort of thing. Uh, Locals are having to do it. And now locals, because they're out of work, are starting to actually appreciate yes, those, and they want to do it now. those type yeah, of it's jobs. Been a good, it's been a good yeah. lesson for some of those you know, me generation type people that if you want a job, go up and pick fruit because yeah. there, there are a few, yeah. back, exactly there are a few right. backpackers around. That's what around. my grandparents yeah. did. Yeah. And, and I my said, grandparents I said, did it locally when they were young. And I'm like, why are the young people? I mean, God, I'd go out there and pick fruit if <laughs> I was, you know. See, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's 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 the the misconceptions that sort of people have about our disabilities that have got us where we are. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. you know. I mean, I'll tell you what I find really interesting actually about that is my nephew, um, and obviously I I grew up with my nephew, so quite literally just about right. grew up with him, and he is he's like me. He's big into computers, electronics, just everything nerdy. He loves it, and yet what job's he doing? He's a manual labourer. I, I would have loved to have done something manual labour, you know, as close as a girl can get, rather than ending up in customer service. I hated mm. customer service. Check I out, hated check. having to work yeah. with people. I, I had a blind friend and um, he was out of work basically from the point where he, he was sighted and then he lost his eyesight. And he, mm. he'd been out of work for about 15 years trying to find work. And he had said all the way along, and people were shocked, he said, look, I will even wash and dry dishes. For yeah, I love wash dishes. I'll stack boxes or do whatever yeah. in the supermarket if people wanted me to. And, and it was people just don't. Oh. He'd, he'd come from India and he appreciated the, the value of a job because he said in India there is no benefit. Mm, mm. No. Um, 
So if you want to survive, you, a job. you have to work. It's interesting. It's yeah. interesting yeah. because we there was an article on the news not long after this corona thing started, whereby, you know, people they were doing surveys, and up until then, people put a lot of emphasis on celebrities. Uh, all the all the false fake people you see, you know, uh, yeah. you know, in, in the in the movies and on the media. Now the m- most important people in people's lives are the the guy stocking the supermarket shelf, the girl behind the checkout. Oh, one of the most important people in our lives. Oh, the postie, yeah. Well, yeah. even Coming some of you know, may know in another forum, I editorialised on that very thing the other day. You know, the girls in mm. Subway, which is where you get your sandwiches from. Mm. Very important job because. Yeah. They're, they're running the economy for us. And they're also giving us lunch. I saw um, Katrina's post today on Facebook about social distancing. And I was having a conversation with mum earlier in the day. And I said, while that well, physical or social distancing, whatever you want to call it, is difficult for us as blind and vision impaired people. It's the reality at the moment. And I think everyone on both sides of it has to be a bit patient. You know, yeah. we are going to run a muck of it. Oh, the cyclists are mm. shocking around yeah. here. They come up to me and I'm trying desperately to get out of their way. Yeah. And so a lot of people now, thank God, have actually taken to telling me what side they're coming up on me on, which is really nice. They have seen you before and they know you now. Yeah, which is great. So it it, it becomes a two way thing. The sighted people need to be aware. And and we need to take on what if they're telling us that info. Arthur Parika and Nikki Muir, thanks for joining us. No problem. Carolyn. Who have we got next? Oh, next time we are interviewing another couple. In fact, it's my brother, Murray Pete, and his wife, Karen Plimmer. And we're going to find out what life is like for them. And what's different about their situation is they were both working from home and they also have a 17-month-old daughter with them at home. So we're going to find out what it's like being blind parents with an active 17-month-old girl around the place and trying to do a job (laughs) from home. And having spoken to Karen a couple of times this week, I can assure you, listeners, it's going to be a ripper interview. So stay tuned because we are Australasians. We are Aussies and Kiwis and Kiwis and Aussies. And you know the story. If you pick on one, you pick on two. The Kiwi. Thank you.